0: plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, what's up, everyone? My name's Ben.
1: I'm Nicole, and you're listening to Wicked and Grim.
0: A true crime podcast that's going through some technical errors because my computer is like, I don't know, decided to die on me this week, so we don't have our intro or anything right now. So we're going to improvise. Warning, the following podcast contains graphic material. And subject matter, I can't remember it. <laughs> Not intended for all listeners. Viewer listener discretion is advised.
1: Do 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 do
0: do do do. The best intro ever, hey! <laughs> oh man, I uh, like how
1: you couldn't even remember it. Though.
0: I I completely blanked. I I did a test run like two minutes prior, and I yeah. nailed it.
1: Because we actually listen to every episode. We do, like just to see how we can improve and, and how it goes and.
0: And ever since, like, our audio hasn't been the best, I know that, but ever since we got the new microphones, I'm trying to, like, really play with and get our audio sounding better, and I feel like I'm doing worse lately. With the audio? Yes. I feel like the audio is sounding worse because I'm like trying to slap on like these filters and stuff that I don't even know what the. Well, hell you're they just do.
1: getting used to the new mics and stuff too, and yeah. what they are like capable of.
0: But I think like I've got some stuff figured out. So so today you should be listening to some better audio as long as I can get the editing program to work on one right. of our other computers. Yeah. If not, it might sound a little echoey today, but we'll we're gonna still rock this. Yeah, we're gonna do it. So.
1: And uh, my voice is like kind of back to normal. Woo-hoo! It is.
0: I mean, you still sound sexy. You could probably work in a phone line still. Yeah. You could do that. It's but... still
1: there a bit, but, and I have like a little cough, so I'll try to control that, but it's definitely like a hell of a lot better than last week.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah. Sorry good. about that. You sounded good. You're feeling better. But we
1: still showed up. We put a podcast out. Did. Like, boom.
0: Gotta do it every week, every Tuesday.
1: Yeah, we did it.
0: Yeah. Boom.
1: I'm proud of us.
0: Good job. High five. High five and high five for all the freaking ridiculous work we're doing lately behind the scenes on on our podcast and in our just day-to-day life Mm because i mean moving is is coming down the pipe the tiny home is coming down the pipe we got a lot on the go there's so much
1: but it's all like right now i don't feel overly excited just because it's like you're bogged down but there's so much happening and it's so exciting and i just need to look at the bigger picture
0: and i've actually i want to mention this real quick i've Got some ideas and some like really quick doodles and drafts done up for t shirt stuff. Ooh! I'm really looking forward to getting in the tiny home and being able having to time. Have time to get some merch out there for you to guys. Have merch,
1: yeah. yeah. One day, one I day. I think that'd be sweet, like stickers and stuff too. I wonder Hell what yeah. people would even want for merch.
0: I don't know. Let us know. Yeah, hit us up on Instagram or Facebook.
1: I you feel know. like t shirts is the big one, but there's probably other things that people might want.
0: Almost oh, certainly. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Let us know what you guys would want, and we'll. We'll get them coming soon enough as soon as the tiny home rolls around. Hopefully, in time for Christmas.
1: Grim t shirts. I love it. Yeah. I'll put an order in.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the idea. (laughs) That way, maybe we can order stuff to get it for other people to order.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'll order two. There you go. There you
0: go. There you go. (laughs) Okay. Um, So, this episode is an interesting one. I was actually researching another episode another case mm, changed when a friend of ours and avid listener to the podcast dana sup dana uh, she's the one who actually made the the moth display yeah, right, that we yeah. gave away 100% no right and she recommended this case and i looked into it and i'm like i'm i'm switching it i'm switching my case this week i'm diving into this one right now
1: yeah and you switched like very last minute
0: very last minute i was up till three thirty a.m last night researching this yeah so that was fun
1: are you gonna still do the other one one day
0: oh i will definitely it's it's a good case but i just this one just it was too good timing to not do it because we're coming off another cult episode yeah and though this one's not necessarily cult um the individual who's prominent in this and it's his case sort of thing um the antagonist if you will he kind of wanted to be a cult leader sort of thing Mm. he had his own like little like following in his house his friends his close-knit group Fun, so it's kind of like of a, a mini cult, if like, you will.
1: He had big dreams, but didn't quite get there. Yeah, not like the last lady,
0: definitely. I can't even
1: remember the last lady's name.
0: It was see, that's a problem with these podcasts. <laughs> we're always like researching names, and it's like as soon as one goes out or is done, we're on to the next one. I think it was Amy something, wasn't it?
1: I have no idea. I, yeah, I have no idea. I was sick. I'm allowed to have forgotten.
0: Yeah, fair. But it was love has won. I know okay, that. yeah,
1: love has won. There you go. And but, it was like W O N, right?
0: Yes. Yeah,
1: which I was like, oh, I assumed it was the other way.
0: There. But yeah, coming off that cult one, we're kind of on another cultish one. So.
1: Because people like the cults.
0: Yeah, I so mean, let's do
1: it. I want to actually research a cult one,
0: please. Well, I do have another one that uh, Bronson, my tattoo artist down in Vancouver. Shout out to Bronson. What's up? He requested.
1: <laughs> You're just showing no to everyone, right? Yeah. Eh?
0: Uh he requested one. That's actually it, it was prominent in the Vancouver area. So oh, maybe okay. you can research maybe I that can one. Do that one. That's fun. Okay, let's dive into this though. This is all about Pazuzu Algarad. Hmm.
1: Pazuzu.
0: That's an alias, though.
1: Okay. His real
0: name was John Alexander Lawson. John. John.
1: That's quite a a difference in names there.
0: Definitely. We'll we'll get into the change here in a little bit. Um, I'm going to call him John here throughout his earlier life as I'm describing that. But when he goes through his name change, I'm going to call him by his name change. Though I'm sure he wants people to refer to him by his new name. I'm going to refer to him by his new name for different reasons. We'll get into that though. Okay. Okay. So John Alexander Lawson was born August 12th, 1978 in San Francisco.
1: Oh, I love San Francisco.
0: Good old California, the Mm -hmm. West Coast. Love it. The accounts of his childhood do vary a little bit depending on who's telling the story. Um, But people who knew John as a child described him as a little off kilter um, and emotional, but still he led a normal life. Okay. His parents, Cynthia Lawson and Timothy J. Lawson, uh, had married in 1971 and the three of them ended up moving, uh, when John was two, to Forsyth County in North Carolina in okay. 1980. Uh, then they got divorced in
1: 1990.
0: Hmm. Uh, John lived, like I said, a fairly normal life. He was in Cub Scouts when he was real young and progressed to play Little League baseball and into football in his pre-teens.
1: So an athletic dude.
0: Definitely an athletic dude. Mm-hmm. Fairly normal as far as most reports go. Uh, though there's some reports of him being, like I said, still off kilter, weird, stinking sometimes, lots of times actually. Stinking? Vain stinky. Not like really. Like smelly? Yeah. Not, oh. really, not really showering. Okay. So he's a little weird, but <laughs> okay. all around normal aside from those accounts. Um, then in 1998, Cynthia actually remarried to John Larry James or Johnny. The couple and John lived in a home. So it's. John, Cynthia, and Johnny.
1: Yeah, I was just like in my head. I, can you see my wheels starting? Because <laughs> I, I was like, I'm going to have to remember that. Okay. That's why
0: I explained it because I was like, that's <laughs> a little bit of a,
1: that's a two no, Johns. That's so. like confusing that she meant another John, but okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
0: so they, where am I here now? Yeah, they lived in a home at 2749 Knob Hill Drive, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. By the time John began, or by this time, John began to change a little bit though. He dropped out of his sports, and his off-kilter side started to become a little more prominent. He had an obsession with dark movies like Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, The Exorcist, which, by the way, I all I love all those freaking movies, those horror movies, those mm-hmm. cult classic movies. Love them. Have love I even them. watched Friday the 13th? I don't know. Have you?
1: I don't know. You better have. I don't know. I need mean to look into that. Cause We're
0: going to have to watch it I feel it like I
1: have to watch it if I haven't.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, that's... Um, Crystal Lake, right? You know uh,
1: that. Oh yeah, but have it's, you
0: watched it? It's not With actually Jason? like
1: filmed here, though.
0: No, we okay. Have, we have a Crystal Lake just north of us. Okay, because
1: but... I've ne- I've heard like references. I don't actually think I've maybe watched this. Really? Then. Oh man! Because brutal. in the
0: movie, there's it's this like summer camp sort of thing. Yeah. It's at Camp Crystal Lake. Okay. And then Jason proceeds to slaughter a bunch of kids at this camp. Basically. Oh boy. Long story short. So, yeah, and then there's multiple Friday the 13th movies. And then there's Halloween with Michael Myers where he slaughters a bunch of people. Then there's Nightmare on Elm Street where Freddy Krueger is literally part of your nightmares and kills you in your dreams.
1: Okay, so new new goal, like tiny home goal. I want to become a baker and I need to watch more horror movies.
0: Clearly. (laughs) I know I've I've introduced you to some. Like, I know I've made you watch all the Evil Deads. Yeah. Which is, like, hands down my favorite. Because
1: you're obsessed, Yeah.
0: Love Bruce Campbell. That man is sexy. I'm not gay, but I would do things if he asked.
1: Oh, my goodness. You would, eh?
0: He's a good-looking dude. Yeah, you really Especially like for him. his age. He's, he's getting older, and he's still... He's a very classy individual. Even... I might even go as far as saying he's he's a bougie guy.
1: A bougie. He's
0: a bougie guy.
1: Bougie guy. Oh, yeah. my gosh.
0: Just dropping that in there. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Uh, so he was obsessed with uh, the cult classic movies, which weren't cult classics, and they were just horror movies then but uh the slasher flicks that sort of thing and anything related to uh the occult which is basically Mm -hmm. defined as supernatural beliefs and practices which generally fall outside the scope of religion and science you know paranormal and supernatural essentially
1: okay
0: i mean it's a little deeper than that but that's that's the surface definition right now it may have been that his mother felt guilty due to the divorce due to the divorce uh, and john's father essentially leaving their life forever Or perhaps it was a little bit more deeper and it was that she just had such love for her son that she wanted to to, to provide anything that he wanted. Either way, John rarely had no for an answer growing up. He was essentially given complete freedom to do what he wanted, when he wanted. So much so that John didn't even like his mother being married. Probably because she married another dude named John. He was like, (laughs) fuck that, that's my name.
1: It kind of sounds like he'd be like that. Probably. (laughs)
0: Probably. So, regardless, to please her son, she split from the newfound marriage, leaving oh, it just wow. her and her son. Okay. And it got to the point where John was, like, getting quite depressed and having some mental issues with a lot of things on the side, too.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, but that's going to continue throughout the rest of his life as well. So, it wasn't just due to that. But so,
1: she gave him a lot of power, basically. Oh, and he for had her life.
0: all the power. Yeah. Yep.
1: Huh.
0: So, the separation didn't really, uh. Leave the glamorous life for the two of them like she was hoping, though. Okay. John continued down the path, dropped out of high school in grade nine. So it
1: got, like, worse?
0: Got worse. And just, just to throw in perspective here, he dropped out of high school after the divorce at grade nine. So you have someone who's, like, probably grade seven, eight, who influenced his mother oh, wow! into a divorce.
1: That's young.
0: That is young to have that sort of power and influence over a parent. Totally. So... I mean, I'm not going to judge parenting style, but that is there's definitely something wrong there. And a lot of people...
1: But unless Johnny was like a terrible person.
0: Uh, yeah, of course. Right? Of course. I don't know. Then
1: then you definitely have that power. Yeah.
0: But a lot of people uh, going through the information on this, like there's a documentary called The Devil You Know on Vice, which I watched all the episodes and everything. It's a five-part docuseries. Um, a lot of people point the finger towards uh, Cynthia enabling John. A lot of the times when he was younger and everything. So uh, okay, yeah. She she has quoted in the in the documentary documentary a few times here. Uh, she says things like all parents argue with their children and don't agree, which she's right. Yeah, fair. Um, she also says yes, John has some mental problems, but he's not a bad guy, and she even described him as her little warrior. Which I mean, so far it sounds yeah, nothing bad. Like,
1: okay, yeah, I can I can get on that. That's yeah. okay
0: you got to remember the good things and block out anything, any of the bad things. He wasn't by any means an angel, but he wasn't a bad person. I mean, everyone wants to think that of their little kid. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but I think she just turned a blind eye to too many things. I think deep down she knew or knows who he is, which we're going to get into. And she was just turning a blind eye, you know?
1: It's funny because I feel like it's... On that one spectrum of, like, it's not all good, perfect, but whatever. Or it's like, my kid's an asshole. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've definitely heard parents say that before. So it's like, it seems it's one one end or the other.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so John was eventually diagnosed with being agoraphobic, schizophrenic, and psychotic. And that's when Cynthia started getting, getting help for him.
1: What's agoraphobic?
0: Uh, it's... I don't know the exact definition of it, but it's like the fear of going into public spaces. Most people who are agoraphobic tend to like lock themselves up in their bedroom. They don't want to go outside.
1: Oh, that sounds awful.
0: So. Huh.
1: That sounds like scary. Yeah.
0: So I don't know if that's the exact definition, but I do know it's like essentially afraid of leaving your safe space pretty well. Yeah. Where am I now? Okay. So she did start getting help for him, though it didn't last long. Um... And there's one point in there that she says, you know, it costs a lot of money to do that sort of stuff. Yeah,
1: which is fair.
0: Yeah. So, Though so through some of the sessions, though, the professionals did find some interesting things. Like John had been regularly consuming alcohol from the age of 13. And his mother, Cynthia, would buy him said alcohol. She would continue to buy him beer to help settle him down and cope with whatever issues he had.
1: Oh, goodness.
0: So there comes that enabling, that turning the blind eye, and just kind of trying to make her son happy, right? Well,
1: because 13 is so young, and that's just like setting you up to almost be an alcoholic as an adult, in yeah. a way.
0: Yeah, well, an alcoholic as a kid.
1: Oh, yeah, that or as a late teenager, yeah. Yeah. Cool, like, so, cool.
0: So his younger years, like I said, were a little bit hard to decipher, because depending on who you talk to, It changes a bit, but from those people who knew him younger and from his mom, like that's kind of how his younger years were. Mm -hmm. However, if you talk to John, it's a little bit different.
1: Oh. Yeah.
0: He would really like to try and paint himself in a different picture, especially how he perceived himself or wanted to be perceived.
1: Okay. Um, He
0: would even say that his dad was from, or that he was from Iraq and that his father was some sort of high priest over there. Really? Yep, just making up this story. Making that,
1: up shit, eh?
0: Making up this shit. That's
1: interesting.
0: So John eventually took the name of Pazuzu in 2002. And now the name Pazuzu derives from an ancient demon from Syrian or Babylonian times, which right over in the same area where John claims to be from. Uh, now, the, this demonic god was most popular in the first millennium BCE. He was a high-tier demon of the underworld in control of the west and south winds, which brought famine during dry season and in the rainy season, tearing storms and locusts. So he was basically a high-tier demon with these plagues sort of thing behind him.
1: Would you say that he's smart?
0: No. Okay. Well, in some ways, yes. Now, you might think that, oh, he's smart because he's clearly doing research on demonology, that Yeah, sort of thing. well,
1: that's what I was just thinking, Yeah.
0: No, because there's a surface level to this. Okay. However, in this case, it was most likely paying homage to the legendary Demon King, uh, who is the main antagonist from the iconic 1973 movie, The Exorcist. So Pazuzu was basically the bad guy in the movie, The Exorcist. And that is most likely where he's deriving it from. Oh, okay. So he's just taking it from pop culture, So he's just
1: like watching a movie.
0: Yeah. Kind of. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Okay. Um, Also, there's reports of him worshipping Tiamat throughout his life because he becomes really into the occult and Satanism and Satanic rituals and stuff. Uh, I got a little thing I'll say on Satanism and such at the end here of the whole podcast. But for now, he he began to worship some, some demons among being Tiamat, who is a Babylonian goddess of the sea. However, Tiamat is also a big bad dragon in Dungeons and Dragons. Oh. So he's just taking shit from pop culture, basically. Totally. So he's all like, exorcist here, D&D there, just trying to make himself look cool and badass, saying like he knows these demons and stuff when it's you're just taking popular shit that everyone in different categories of life knows. Question. Yeah.
1: Did you know that that was from D&D when you first heard it, or did you oh, yeah. learn that in your research? Oh, no.
0: Uh, Tiamat, I knew that right away. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: I was That's, like...
0: I believe it's a five-headed dragon.
1: I was like, I'm wondering. Oh, no. (laughs) You knew?
0: (laughs) Tiamat is like the most prominent big baddie in in D&D, or at least one of. (laughs)
1: Okay.
0: If not, I think it might be the most powerful creature in Dungeons & Dragons. Huh. So.
1: Well, this, like, case kind of seems some things seem up your alley here.
0: A little bit. I might be nerding out a little bit when I heard heard Tiamat in there. No kidding. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, if you guys don't know, I I like me some D&D. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you're still like, got to play one day.
1: You're like a nerd at heart, really, I
0: feel like. Am I a nerd at heart or am I just a nerd? I mean, I have Dragon Ball Z anime tattooed on my arm. I have Harry Potter tattooed on my other arm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> a man with many, many interests. Let's say that.
0: It's a very polite way of putting it. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you just kind of giving that little like feather dusting on top. Yeah. The little sparkles on top yeah, of the weird. Yeah, put my little
1: glitter on there.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, now where am I here? Okay. So, John, or Pazuzu, I'm going to start referring to him as Pazuzu now. And the reason I'm going to refer to him as Pazuzu, because he thinks that he's being all deep in demonology and, like, cool mm-hmm. by pulling the Pazuzu name. I think it's fucking complete bullshit and ridiculous. You're just pulling from pop culture thinking you're cool. So I'm gonna call him Pazuzu because I think it's fucking hilarious. You think you're cool, actually, you're just you're not. A, you're, not you're an idiot. <laughs> so I'm gonna call him Pazuzu because I just think it's fucking funny.
1: Okay, done. So
0: Pazuzu uh, began to take over uh, his mother's house. His oh, mom no. would essentially uh, be sequestered to a room in the back of the house. Yeah, she basically just stuck to this room while he ran rampant throughout the house, and doing he's... whatever he wanted.
1: Is he still, like, a teenager, basically, at this point?
0: Um, At this point, no. He's he's dropped out of high school. He's he's Well, I'd say he's starting to get into his late teens, I think. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, but as we're going through this, some years do start passing by, too. So. Okay. So he's probably started this, like, in late teens, getting into his 20s, that sort of thing. So the house actually became a safe haven for a lot of people who were outcasts and misfits. Not having anywhere to go, they would often go... To this house, because things like drugs, alcohol, parties, satanic worship, and sex began to take over the place.
1: Oh my gosh. That's quite a visual.
0: Pazuzu even went as far as animal sacrifices in the backyard. Oh no! All the claims I found, they were generally, well the only claims I found, they were rabbits. But every time someone talks about it, it's mostly rabbits, but no one ever says anything about other animals.
1: Oh, I hate that.
0: Uh, so, yeah. His mother did turn a blind eye to a lot of this and just kind of kept to her room and let little Johnny, Mr. Pazuzu, do whatever the fuck Which he is wanted. is wild. Right? He had so much control over if her. If that was my kid, I'd fucking slap him upside the head. I mean, not to say child abuse is a good thing, but if your kid's fucking killing animals and having orgies and fucking drugs and shit and trashing your house, yeah. some shit's got to happen, you know?
1: Yeah, it should almost be reversed. He needs to have be locked in his bedroom.
0: <laughs> no shit. No, she, she just let it happen. She did turn a blind eye to most of it. She did try and stand up to him in, a couple times over some of the things. Yeah. But he just basically is like, well, if I can't do this, I'm going to kill myself.
1: Holy shit.
0: So what else is the mother to do?
1: No kidding. She doesn't want that to happen. Yeah. Wow, she's like really in a t- shitty position here.
0: Mm-hmm. So Pazuzu, I just do want to say, Pazuzu is the one who worships Satan. He had a Satan tattoo across his forearm and claimed to be, quote unquote, the gatekeeper of hell. Hmm. Um, But I don't think many other people who were drawn to the place or his friends or in his close circle necessarily were Satan worshippers. It was just a place to party and be free, that sort of thing.
1: Where you could do whatever the hell you want, apparently. Yeah. Okay.
0: Now, at this point, Pazuzu had long dreadlocks for hair. Oh, wow. Uh, He was getting bad tattoos, like a prison tattoo of satan across his forearms, type thing like bad tattoos not good quality tattoos
1: okay so you just mean they were they were just poorly done oh
0: yeah they were like he's probably like going down to somebody's basement getting drunk and high getting tattoos i want to see them they're they're not pretty they're they're tattoos they're badly done but anyways uh he would even go as far as to sharpening his own teeth to points and he did this one night himself, while super fucking high on oh, man. meth, oh, man. using a Dremel.
1: Oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: we went there, right? Eh? Yeah, we did. Wow. I just, like, can't even. <laughs> I
0: just can't even. I just
1: can't. Like, I'm just, oh, that wow. That should be
0: a t-shirt there. We went there. I just can't even.
1: <laughs> like, I'm just, like, I touched my teeth. I was like, oh, my gosh. This just brutal. Oh, gosh. Okay.
0: Okay. So, leading on to him... Being a smelly little child, he would continue this practice as an adult. He showered maybe once a year, as he be- and rarely brushed his teeth. He hasn't brushed his teeth in years.
1: Oh my gosh! He
0: believed filth and dirt made him stronger because he said like people in the media- medieval times lived filthy and they were strong. He basically believed like the bacteria would. I'm, I'm reading between the lines here. He believed the bacteria is going to build his immune system. I'm thinking. Um, uh, but I mean,
1: which, okay, I can kind of understand ish, but it's like,
0: to a degree, you, don't,
1: you can have more showers than once a year and still have a good like immune system.
0: Yeah. And we're going to touch on the house here. The kind of filth he was living in. This is oh. excessive. And you... in the medieval times, the average lifespan was 33 years old because of all the fucking oh. filth and shit. Like what the fuck?
1: Do you feel better about me having showers every second
0: day now? Yeah, your hair it doesn't sound so greasy. <laughs> okay. I get greasy as fuck hair. I got a shower literally every day.
1: I bet the majority of females listening to this do not have a shower to wash their hair every day. I bet you it's like every second. Because I even had friends that like three, four days they wash their hair.
0: That's nasty.
1: But that's just it. Like, okay, if I have a shower every day, my hair gets like damaged. It's bad for it.
0: So maybe I just have luscious locks then because I can shower like or nonstop. Maybe he's a
1: greasy mofo.
0: <laughs> maybe I'm a greasy mofo. <laughs> that that kidding. could be it. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I can understand showering every second day. I just give you a hard time. You but do. like showering once, once a year. Once a year, that's
1: a problem. I even think like, oh no, yeah, that's just a problem. It's just a problem.
0: Well, let's get into uh, the conditions he lived in okay. on top of not showering. I don't know okay? if I want to
1: no, know, but okay.
0: Like the house literally became something that was worse than you can imagine on the worst episode of Hoarders. Really? Let's just throw that out there. There was trash, drug paraphernalia all over. Like I'm talking grime in this house. It got to the point where people were partying and would just piss in the corner on the floor.
1: Oh, that's so disrespectful.
0: And even just they're drunk enough. They just don't want to go to the bathroom or whatever, they would just shit on the floor.
1: Seriously? Yeah,
0: they just shit in the corner of the room or something.
1: That's freaking disgusting.
0: And it probably would never get cleaned up. If it did, it would take who knows how long. Oh. So you can imagine, like, nothing's getting cleaned. Nothing's getting wiped. People are spray painting on walls, drawing on walls. Holy. Just trash everywhere, food rotting. Like, we're talking filth. The like- filthiest of fucking filth.
1: My heart just like almost sinks for his mom in a way,
0: but ugh. Your heart's really going to sink here because there was also a total of eight dogs living in the house.
1: No! Yeah.
0: Of which I'm sure are not being cared for and are only adding to the smells and the excrement in the house.
1: Well, yeah. So yeah. I hope they got food and were fed.
0: Well, I can't speak to much of that, but we will touch on the dogs uh, at the end of this as well because can't just drop that and not tell you what happens to no, the dogs. okay. So, through all this, though, the house was a draw to people. People who were misfits. Pazusu even have managed to have multiple quote-unquote fiancés at his side. Wow. The house was a safe place for people who had no one. There was nowhere to go. They go there. They're free of judgment. No one was demanding things of them. You could Go there and you were literally free to do what you wanted. There's even quotes in this documentary that I talked about, The Devil You Know on Vice TV, of you can just smash a beer bottle over the top of your friend's head and no one would bat an eye.
1: I feel like there's much better places to go because this place just sounds so nasty.
0: I agree. But the town they're in, Winston-Salem in North Carolina, is filled with churchgoers though. It's in the Bible Belt of the southern states. Well, I guess it's not the southern states, but it's mid-states, I guess, somewhere yeah. in there. Uh, it's filled with churchgoers. So if you're an outsider in a church town, mm. where where do you have to go to feel accepted in any way of your life?
1: I guess. And you
0: hear of this house down the street where you can go and be judge-free?
1: Yeah, but it just sounds so disgusting. I mean, maybe the backyard was better. You could just hang outside.
0: Uh, the backyard was not better. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll get into why shortly. Um, now imagine, though, being in this church town and hearing about this house filled with people doing drugs and sex and being run by this tattooed guy who filed his teeth down to fangs.
1: Ooh, yeah, no kidding.
0: The town was literally in fear of Pazuzu. And yeah? And that was fear that he fed on.
1: Right, he probably had loved that.
0: Even, I, I actually I meant to look this up, the specific name on on the headwear, but I forgot to just until now. Um, but even after nine eleven, Pazuzu went as far as wearing headdresses. I don't want to say turbans because okay. I don't think it was specifically turbans, but he was wearing headdresses and stuff specifically to strike that sort of fear into the locals.
1: Really? Yes.
0: Especially considering he claimed that he was this freaking high priest's son from Arabic from the Arabic area. Sorry.
1: Huh. I'm just so surprised. I just don't feel feel like he's someone that I would fear at all. But
0: well, anyways,
1: I'm not in that position, so you can't really say that.
0: So that's kind of Pazuzu uh, as of this state. This brings us to another story of Josh Wetzler. Josh and his partner Stacy met in 1999. He was 22 and she was 25. First off, yeah, go Josh, getting the older lady. Yeah, yeah
1: three years
0: well I mean yeah but he's still getting the older lady at 20 (laughs) at 22 he's with a 25 year old I mean yeah go Josh
1: okay
0: (laughs) anyways together they shared the love of animals Josh was outgoing he had a warm and kind heart and was the kind of person who would never turn away a stray dog together they got a van and spent a lot of their time traveling across the country and spent their time in the outdoors nice Josh and Stacy both had an affinity for horses, and their dream was to have a farm together where they could train and rehabilitate horses.
1: Nice, okay.
0: So they did just that they bought land for the dream, and it took off with a little one on the way.
1: Aww. Yeah,
0: so starting a little family on the dream property, perfect. Yeah. Now, however, like so many people around the globe, Josh and Stacy got caught up in the Great Recession in 2007 to 2009. Okay. So in 2008, their agreement with the bank backfired and Uh-oh. they lost their dream that they worked so hard to achieve.
1: Dang.
0: Their farm was foreclosed and Stacy took odd jobs working on other farms and Josh began seeking other means of coping with his depression. He began recreationally smoking weed and occasionally consuming mushrooms. Okay. Now, Stacy didn't necessarily morally disagree with this, however she didn't want their their newborn son growing up in a house with substance use like this okay yeah so josh ended up moving into a trailer away from stacy while they sorted things out the love between them was still there they still had a great relationship it was just hard times that they fell on and they needed to work through hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th Do you want to tell people the big news So, Josh was going through some serious strain. Let's just paint this picture here. He lost his house. He lost his dream farm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I mean, he didn't lose them yet, but he's currently separated from his dream... Not wife, they weren't married yet, but his dream wife and son.
1: hmm his family.
0: Yeah, so drugs became his only means of escape. Though he didn't escalate to harder drug use, he still... It was still enough to make his darker times even darker.
1: That's mm-hmm. not going to help the situation at all.
0: No. So Josh ordered mushrooms through a mail order. I don't know if it was online or what, but he ordered ordered them through the mail.
1: Is that something you can do?
0: Apparently it is, or at least was. Okay. Um, and Josh was actually quickly arrested on February 23rd, 2009 for felony charges of the drug, drug trafficking. His face was plastered front front page of their small town newspaper, and getting a job became basically an impossible feat. Um, He was kind of screwed. He had nowhere to turn. So through his drug use and his outgoing personality, he found himself in a similar circle with the same people as Pazuzu Algarad.
1: Oh, man. When you first started telling the story of them, I was like... There's no way that this could be connected. I thought they were going to be the ones that, like, saved the dogs. (laughs) Nope. But no. Nope.
0: Josh is on hard times. You just
1: smashed my dreams there.
0: Yeah. So, last time Stacy saw Josh was in July of 2009. After a heartwarming pizza cookout, actually. Okay. Um, Then after that, nothing. He disappeared. Now, Stacy assumed it was because he was avoiding, like, the law and his parole officer. Right. Um... Like Josh had fallen in hard times, she didn't want to make things worse worse for him, so she didn't report him missing, didn't say anything to the authorities. Just kind of like he'll turn up eventually, he'll contact me when he's ready when whatever he's going through is sorted out. So 7 months had passed without hearing from Josh. And then his mom's birthday came and he didn't call her, which was not like Josh.
1: They're patient. Definitely. Yeah. Like, this is showing some, like, super patience. Right?
0: Waiting seven months, like, letting him get his shit together. Like.
1: I don't think I'd wait, like, a day. I'd be like, get your shit together now, Ben.
0: Thanks. Love you too, babe. (laughs) I appreciate the moral support (laughs) for, you know, a situation that doesn't even exist. Wow. (laughs) God, good to know you have my back.
1: I do have your back, but I just don't know if I'd let you, like, just be gone for seven months and just be like oh he's fine like I don't
0: know well seven months one day whatever something was clear, clearly up though he didn't call his mom on, his, on her birthday that's not normal so February 15th 2010 Stacy phoned the police and reported Josh missing however police kind of already knew that Josh was missing because shortly after his disappearance seven months ago police found his car parked in a parking lot with the keys still in the ignition but they did nothing I mean, they didn't call Stacy, his mom, nothing
1: okay, that seems really odd,
0: right. there's oh yeah, we his car was found, and that was it.
1: Good Lord, if someone finds my cars with the key in there, and please send help.
0: Well, the problem <laughs> here though, I mean he it was basically Josh is a felon,
1: right, I guess he had the reputation,
0: yeah, so why would the police really care to look for a felon? He's probably just off the run, like who cares? Why waste the resources? Yikes! I mean, that's not something the police are saying, but I mean, that's definitely the the picture. The mentality
1: they had, yeah, yeah.
0: Where, like you say, if it was you, just a regular citizen whose car was found, I'm sure they would have been all over it.
1: Which uh, is kind of sad, and I don't know. I don't know. Okay, keep going.
0: Well, it gets to a little bit of a debate here um, throughout the documentary and a lot of like online forums. Whereas, okay. We're going to get into some of the more Pazuzu's darker stuff that he gets going here. Yeah. But they basically don't even bother looking into anything Pazuzu does. But like Josh was just on hard times with drugs and he's slammed with like a felon and he can't get a job. Or sorry, slammed with a felony, can't get a job and all this sort of stuff. And he's just like hit so hard, whereas someone like Pazuzu will find all the stuff he does, is just left to run rampant.
1: Okay, that's really weird. Yeah, okay? so it's kind
0: of a broken system situation here.
1: No kidding. Huh.
0: Okay, so John has been missing for seven. Josh, sorry, has been missing for seven months, and shortly after he's reported missing, um, there was a party at Pazuzu's house, and after the party, two women were driving home. Uh, one of them mentioned in passing about Pazuzu bragging he had killed a guy, and though no one took it seriously, and she's like, "Yeah, I guess the guy's name was apparently Josh." Really? Well, the other woman in the car just so happened to be friends with Stacy. No. And there in that car at 3 a.m., there's that aha moment that you're having right now.
1: Seriously? He died. He's actually dead.
0: Well, this is where the the mystery of Josh begins to unravel.
1: Oh, my gosh. He had such a bright future at the beginning. Dang it. Dang it. Dang it. You good? I'm okay.
0: (laughs) You're okay. I'm Okay. So this wasn't the first time Pazuzu bragged, though. Um, by this time, there were multiple people who had conversations with Pazuzu with other people um, about Pazuzu holding someone in his basement for days and eventually killing them.
1: Jeez.
0: Um, and there was even multiple reports to police of a body bur- being buried in the backyard of that residence. Hence, why I don't think the backyard is yeah. any place to chill out, like it's, you were saying. The
1: light bulb just went off. Okay, I did yeah. not expect this because there's. Was- Dead bodies.
0: And even though there were multiple multiple reports, police did nothing.
1: My blood is boiling right now. I'm mad. I'm upset here. The
0: police pissed me off in this case, to say the least. Uh, They did finally, though, after multiple reports, finally execute a search warrant on Pazuzu's home. Uh, On February 23rd, 2010, police knocked on the door. Police answered... Or sorry, Pazuzu answered, and the police explained the warrant, and they wanted to search property. They apparently brought in cadaver dogs, searched the, the premise, and came up empty-handed. Really? Yep.
1: That's shocking. Unless he knew this was going to happen.
0: So, rumors continued to spread amongst a group of friends and followers and, of course, the town. Uh, then a few months later, in June of 2010, Pazuzu took the life of someone else. 30 year old Joseph Chandler was a legally blind man who was walking his regular route to go to the store when Pazuzu and his friend Nicholas Rizzi, I think is how you say his name, Rizzi, um, began a conversation with Joseph. Now it's unknown why, but Joseph got in the car with the two men and Uh. proceeded to drive, and they proceeded to drive him to Yadkin River, North Carolina. There at the water's edge, Nicholas tried to shoot Joseph in the head with a shotgun. However, it jammed. So, he went back to the car, grabbed a different gun, walked up to Joseph and shot him in the head before he was even able to light his own cigarette.
1: Like, they shot the man that was blind? Yes. Like, why? That's just, like, not okay.
0: No. Just someone they don't even know. They just had a conversation with, brought him in their car, drove him off to a river, popped him in the head. Not even just shot him in the head, they tried to shoot him in the head, The gun was faulty. They grabbed a different gun and then shot him Did they?
1: Did he know what was going on, I wonder?
0: I don't think so.
1: Oh, for the love of God. These people are just pieces of shit.
0: Yeah. So from this, Nicholas Rizzi, or Rizzi, however the fuck you say his name, um, pleaded guilty to involuntary manslaughter. Not murder. Not like fucking premeditated first degree murder that it should be. Because remember, he walked back to the car, grabbed a different yeah. gun, and then went over and shot him. So he pleaded guilty to involuntary manslaughter and was sentenced to 13 months in prison.
1: Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Bullshit.
0: Yeah. Um, your, your blood's going to boil here on this one. It
1: already is, man. I need another iced coffee.
0: <laughs> Maybe a bottle of wine? Yeah. Pazuzu, on the other hand, had to go undergo psychiatric evaluation before standing trial. He was found competent to do so, but psychiatrists who interviewed him said that he was schizophrenic, agoraphobic, and had severe alcoholism.
1: Well, yeah, we already know there was some serious stuff messed up with him.
0: And the full psychiatric report was actually accidentally leaked to the public. So, oh. the, so the police, the psychiatrists, everyone, it shows what they already know about him. They already know his mental state, all going back from him being put into... Um, mental institutions at the age of eight, having substance abuse from 13 when his mom was buying a beer and everything. His whole history. And the police have known this.
1: Like he needed help.
0: Yeah. And they haven't done anything and are going to continue to do nothing because he was only charged with accessory after the fact of involuntary manslaughter where he received five years probation. Didn't even see jail time.
1: Wow. Just a slap
0: on the wrist. For premeditation of killing someone, or at least I mean, I guess being an accomplice of it.
1: Okay, but does Josh come up again or no? Yes. Okay, good because I'm like I'm not done with that yet.
0: No, we we've got this is while we are talking about Pazuzu, this is this is Josh's story predominantly. Okay. Uh, so the probation didn't really change Pazuzu's attitude. Uh, he just tried to convince his friends and stuff to do more drugs and sex and everything. And at one party, he actually tried to convince his one specific friend, Matt Flowers, who was in the documentary, um, to murder some other dude that was at the party. He just wanted to just up and kill this dude.
1: Wow. I thought this place was a safe place. It's
0: supposed to be. It's not safe well, if go there and get murdered. It's safe of judgment. So you can do whatever the fuck you want.
1: Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh.
0: Matt, thankfully, is a pretty good guy. He's ex-military, fairly respectable. He took this guy to the house and told him, he's like, you got to get out of here. Pazuzu wants me to kill you.
1: Yeah, get the fuck out.
0: So that's the last time Matt said he ever saw that guy. He was gone. Oh, good, good,
1: good, good. I like yeah. this.
0: So props to Matt right there. Now, Matt had previously reported Pazuzu and his stories of the body in the backyard. Um, but... Like I said, they executed a search warrant. Nothing was really done. Didn't find anything, blah, 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 blah. And more and more reports are still pouring in over the years. And this is a few years later down the road. This is happening now. Um, So Matt, he's like, we got to get through the authorities. So he goes in and him being Mm ex-military actually had some weight. He specifically talked to investigators and they were like, holy shit. Like we have an ex-military guy here, like someone who's, Fairly respectable, someone who might have some rapport. Like, we got to listen to this. Uh, so another search warrant was executed on October of 2014. And this time, they found what they were looking for.
1: A body in the backyard. How the heck would it have gone? Okay, sorry. I'll just, <laughs> I'll let you keep going.
0: <laughs> By the fire pit in the backyard, they found a shallow grave with one body. And another second grave near the corner of the house.
1: How did it get missed that first time then? I don't know. I'm so confused.
0: It could have been maybe just because of the overwhelming stench. Investigators Ugh. say the moment you're like in the porch, you were just hit with ammonia and piss. It just reek. So, I mean, it could have been that just rank smell. could have been throwing the cadaver dogs off. It
1: could have been. The house
0: itself fucking smells of death anyways. That's I don't know. That's
1: true. That's interesting though. That's so interesting. Yeah. Huh.
0: So, I didn't. Go into a lot on what they did to Josh, because I just I feel bad for Josh a lot.
1: Well, yeah. Some
0: of the stuff he endured was being locked up in the basement for multiple days. Holy shit! Uh, He was starved for that whole time. He was eventually shot multiple times. He was left rotting in the basement for a while while Pazuzu covered his body in cat litter and bleach to... Oh, like when he was dead. When he was dead, to just cover up the smell. He Mm. was eventually dismembered and buried in the backyard.
1: Oh, okay. That's a lot.
0: Yeah.
1: I, yeah. This is why we need to probably film some of our podcasts, because my reaction is like, (laughs) I don't even know what to say, but what the
0: fuck? So Josh was one of the bodies found.
1: And one it. of the other
0: remains belonged to a man named Tommy Welsh. Tommy was a working class family man who was struggling to do his best um, and it disappeared three months after Josh was last seen. He was walking to meet up with his brother when, somewhere along the road, he met up with Pazuzu and one of his fiancées, Amber Birch. And just like that, he was gone.
1: So they just like, he just likes killing people, really. Some of these things, like two of them are just, these people are just, it's like almost you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. It's random.
0: He just, he liked death. He liked killing. He tried to convince a lot of people to do killing for him and he roped a lot of people to be part of things like burying the bodies, for example, digging Matt or I don't think it was Matt. It was another one in the documentary, another one of Pazuzu's friends. Said he was there and like he, no one's taking seriously about him saying he killed someone or anything. Yeah. But he's like, yeah, he's like, he had me at like knife point at one point. He's like, you're going to help me bury this hole or dig this hole. I'm going to kill you. He's like, I don't know what the hole was for. He just made me dig a hole with him.
1: Oh, no. I can't believe that this like... He just is like the epitome of a piece of shit.
0: Yes. And like he's fucking trash.
1: Getting away with all this disgusting stuff. Yeah. And honestly, he's blowing my mind.
0: But this is the one part where I think he's smart because he's really playing the town against him, building that fear. Right? I guess. So anyone who does come to his house trying to escape the religious view or the harsh aspects on their lifestyle, they're coming to him. They already have the, they know the town's fearful of this guy. And then he's being nice to them, nice and nice to them, but when it comes time he needs something, like helping bury a fucking body, yep. you are fearful of him and you are going to listen and now you're an accomplice and you're not going to talk.
1: Holy.
0: So he's really good with that little manipulation tactic, I think. Yeah. Though, it's not a good smart, but he, he played his fucking asshole trash hand to, well. his, to his advantage, I yeah,
1: guess. Yeah, no kidding.
0: Okay, now where am I at here? Okay, so Pazuzu at the time was 35 and Amber Birch was then 24. They were each charged with one count of murder and one count of accessory after the fact of murder. A third person, Crystal Matlock, which was another one of Pazuzu's fiancés, was charged in connection with the death of one person whose body was found at the Clemens' house. Uh, She was accused of Clemens' house. Why do I have that name in there? Must have been a last name or something from an, an article that I missed it. But it was Pazuzu's <laughs> house. Maybe okay. that's Cynthia's last name. I think I'm just forgetting. Anyways, it was Pazuzu's residence. Okay. I think that's Cynthia's last name. Anyways, <laughs> she was uh accused of helping bury one of the bodies. The fiance. One of the fiancés, yep. Did he she have more was than in.
1: one at a time?
0: Uh yeah, he had like four or five fiancés.
1: Oh gosh. I almost feel like I could just vomit.
0: He's just wait till you, like, look at this guy. Oh, I don't know if He's I disgusting. want to. Um, so Amber was charged and sentenced in 2017 to a total of 30 years and Good. 8 months to 39 years and 2 months in prison. Good. Crystal Matlock, who is basically just helped bury a body. Right. Was charged and sentenced in 2017 to between 2 to 3, sorry, 3 to 5 years in prison.
1: That's not very much.
0: I mean, she didn't kill anyone. She was just kind of accessory, help bury a body. I mean, it's not a good thing to do still.
1: She probably did more shit than we know.
0: Probably. Oh, Pazuzu. There's his one friend, Matt Flowers, on there. He's like, Pazuzu's killed more than the two bodies. Oh,
1: yeah. 100%. I already thought that.
0: He's like, I'm pretty sure the bodies, his body count is upwards of like 15.
1: Seriously, Yeah. eh? He's like,
0: he's probably killed like 15, 16 people. Oh. Pazuzu was due to appear in court on October 2015. A year after the bodies were found, when he was discovered in his cell unresponsive, he took his own life. Good. Now, I don't know if I should be happy about good. that,
1: but I was like, "Okay." We're Little not.
0: applause, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Yay, golf clap. <laughs> uh, due to his mental health, he was supposed to be on suicide watch, but was somehow but somehow he managed to still go through with his suicide. He was found with a substantial wound on the inside of his elbow down to the artery, which led him to bleeding out. Now, this is one part that's up for speculation. Now, there were no reports available on what caused the injury to help him commit suicide. Okay. There were no instruments in there that could really Mm. help him with the injury. And, like, why the fuck was he not being watched like he was supposed to Right. Uh, The only real tool that he probably had was an electric razor, which even still, it's like, you're not going to be able to cut down your arm with that. Like, there's no fucking way. Even if you take the guard off, take that metal plate off, like, just, no.
1: Oh, so he might have been murdered.
0: Uh, no. That's not what people mostly think. Ready for this?
1: I don't know. I also have something to say, but I'll wait. I'm waiting.
0: No, go ahead. Say it.
1: No, go ahead.
0: Okay. The common assumption was that he used something sharp that he already had <gasps> his tooth he used his sharpened teeth to bite and chew down to his artery to kill himself Oh no Yeah I'm just going to leave that visual sit there for a second just let that stew Oh
1: no Okay okay so just wait what I was going to say is like I'm not happy he killed himself and it's cuz he had mental health issues which is yes. like terrible and like he really needed help and i feel like deeply sorry for that Mm -hmm. but he also was like a terrible person
0: oh yes like a terrible
1: person and in a sense needed to die
0: oh yeah it's it's a combination of he had some serious mental issues yeah and he's just straight up fucking trash
1: but i just need to say like i do think mental health is like a serious thing and like he did need help and i do feel like deeply sorry for that but like he's gross like he, he just did too many bad things to just like
0: yes. yeah there, like he he has been on medication but he still he just he just wants to kill people yeah it's not like he's like i have like voices in my head telling me to kill people he's like i want that person he also to die. i
1: think is an evil person
0: yes for sure so holy I mean, so he's
1: just in his cell like gnawing down yeah. on his freaking arm
0: so that's why a lot of people say like his mom failed him because i mean that mental health thing that you're saying She could have maybe helped prevent it. Could have gotten help at an earlier age. She might have helped this trash person, aside from this mental health, grow into who he was. Yeah. The police system fucking failed him because they knew of his fucking mental health, his psychiatric everything. Nothing was ever done.
1: It was left
0: for him to grow into the fucking shit person. He is.
1: Because imagine at like eight years old, if he was, say, admitted into somewhere that could help him. Like the outcome of all this could have been completely different, yeah. really. It totally could have. Yeah. Well, not necessarily if he was actually truly rooted evil or whatever, but it, but it could have helped.
0: Could have. Now, Pazuzu's home was condemned. And after the second search warrant was executed, he was arrested. The house was then deemed... Unfit for habitation. Oh,
1: 100%. I can imagine.
0: Locals literally pulled up lawn chairs to watch the demolition of this house. Really? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Like, it was
0: like... It was like an event. It was like... Grab your
1: popcorn? Yeah.
0: It was like going out to see the monster truck rally or see fireworks or something. Like, it's... Yeah, they were like, let's fucking watch this go down. Well, just
1: so, like, thankful that it's finally over.
0: Now, I said I was going to touch on the dogs. The eight dogs. Oh
1: yeah, I forgot about the doggies.
0: Of the eight dogs taken from the home of Pazuzu, seven were eventually euthanized due to health or behavior Damn reasons. It. And one dog was in the adoption program for some time and did find a new home. So now Pazuzu officially on record is at least partially responsible or fully responsible for the death of three people. And I just want to say seven dogs and I don't know how many rabbits. And oh, yeah. also potentially up to another like 15 other people through rumors.
1: And probably other animals too, because yeah. it was never for sure. It was just rabbits.
0: Yeah. So he, he killed a lot of people and he uh, killed a lot of innocent animals alongside that. Brutal. Now, final note on this. Um, I said a touch on Satanism as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so real Satanists actually do not worship the devil. I just want to throw that out there. In fact, they're atheists. Uh, They place emphasis on empathy, compassion. They strive for justice, knowledge-seeking, and using science to guide their beliefs. They teach self-love and only use Satan as a metaphor to show the irony in religion and worshiping idols. So if you actually talk to a real Satanist, they do not worship Satan. If you are talking to someone who worships Satan, they are not a Satanist. They are just an asshole. (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay i had i had like no idea of like the definitions and stuff so
0: so there you go really that yeah. is the story of josh so basically pazuzu to
1: sum it up pazuzu is an asshole
0: yeah pazuzu <laughs> is an asshole basically that,
1: that sums up this whole case yes if you skip to the end That's all you need to know.
0: Now, there's some more stories woven in between there, like some of Pazuzu's acquaintances throughout this time. Like I said, Matt Flowers is in it in the documentary. I highly recommend you go watch The Devil You Know, uh, the Vice documentary. Uh, I watched it on YouTube. I'll link it down below, but I believe it's also on Amazon Prime. Oh. So you guys can go check that out. Highly, highly recommend it. Any source that I found, generally their source for information was this documentary.
1: How long is it, though?
0: It's a five-part document document series. Is it like each an hour? Each episode, I believe, is about 40 minutes.
1: Oh, okay. Huh.
0: Yeah.
1: You really want to dive real deep into this shit.
0: And it's one that you can dive super deep into.
1: I could imagine.
0: Super deep.
1: Yeah. Super deep. Super, super. So Matt Flowers is fine, though. He never got like in jail or anything because he was helping.
0: Well, maybe you'll have to just watch the rest of the documentary if you want to find Matt like out. I feel like I kind of like him, but... No, Matt Flowers is a good guy. Okay.
1: Okay. And yeah. I'm I like, am I wrong to like him? <laughs>
0: no, you're good. Okay. Well, I guess with that, we need to make sure that we uh, we, we got to do our outro because we don't have the music.
1: Oh, what is the outro? I
0: got it. I got it. Okay. You, you you say the Stay Wicked part. I'll, I'll do the outro. Kay? Okay. We're
1: ready? We're ready? Kay.
0: Okay. Okay. Thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate you being here on <laughs> this weird episode where we have no intro or outro. But of course, make sure you guys...
1: Stay Wicked. Do 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 do
0: do do. How did I do? Did nail it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>